Good morning. My name is Latoya Conway Hampton and I am your host. So today I was um, asked to talk a little bit about what inspired me to do the work that I do. What was the hardest part for me in starting this business after I had the desire to give back and help? And um, what advice would I give the younger Latoya? the one that have no clue about running a business. And so I'm gonna start up front at the top. What inspired me to want to give back to other women that's been affected by sexual abuse and domestic violence is that until I understood that I was not alone, I thought I was alone. I actually really thought that people couldn't understand what I went through and that I was the only one that had such a horrific childhood or even life as an adult. I thought that, you know, no one else could possibly be going through the things that I've gone through. And and then sometimes when I think about some of the stuff I went through, I was like, this is some crazy stuff and it's not even made up. I mean, you know how there's stuff that you could be like, well, this happened and that happened and you hear people doing that just so they can fit in. I don't have to make up stuff. I have enough stories to share for the rest of my life. Um, and so all that trauma made me want to let other people know that these are some things that happens to us, but that's not who we are. And we get the opportunity to grow and move beyond that. So after I was in an abusive relationship, I was in 11 shelters at 12 shelter stays because I stayed in one shelter twice. So I've been uh, 12 shelter stays. And I remember like probably shelter five or six, there was this male facilitator and he went around the group and um, that's when that movie, What Love Got to Do With It came out and it was, it was really impactful. Actually, we had to watch it while I was in the shelter. And this same guy who had us watch that video was a guy who said, you going home, you going home, you going home, you going home. And I'm looking at him like, at that point I was fed up. I'm not going back. I don't care what you say. I am not going back home. But guess what? After the 60 days was up, my shelter time was up. I did exactly what he predicted. I went back home because I didn't recognize that there was other options. I didn't recognize that I was the one that needed to make the decision to get out, stay out and get healthy. So I don't go back in. So I, um, after that shelter, after he said that it really stuck with me because when I went back home, I was like, well, how did he know that? You know, and majority of us that was in the room probably went back. I can speak for myself because the relationship did not continue with them. But I did go back and I went back several times after that. And so once I got involved in a process, which is called Cocaine Anonymous, um, I'm in recovery and they started to talk about the things that goes on in the inside and the reason why I do the things that I do and my form of coping skills, it opened up a way for me to see that I can do something different. Um, and once I realized that I could do something different, I said, oh, I got to go back and tell everybody else that they can do something different too. Because if they felt the way I felt, I felt alone. I felt scared. I remember leaving that shelter thinking like, wow, I'm, I'm going to have to go back. I'm going to have to go back because I had no option. A couple of reasons why I went back. For one is because I didn't know any better. I didn't know any different. Two, because at that point I had like five kids and they would not accommodate such a large family in the shelters that I was seeking. And three, majority of the time that I called domestic violence shelters, they didn't have room for, for us at all because we all know the need is great, 
but the services are minimal. So I, there was a lot of reasons why I kept going back, but I wanted to do something different. So the recovery process taught me that anything that you set your mind out to, that you can do, but you must first stay sober. You must at that point identify the part that you play in certain situations. And so I had to look at why do I keep going back? And some of those things that I named, of course, and there's a few others that I haven't named. And, and so it inspired me to want to help other people do something different. So I began to study who I am. I began to really ask the hard questions to myself. What can I do to keep me out of that? How, what can I do to keep me out of that unhealthy relationship? And not until they took my children away from me and said, you need to, it's either him or them. Did I make that concrete decision? And it wasn't when they took the kids, oh, I'm gonna take your kids and you make a decision. It wasn't that way. It was they, he, they took the kids away from me. I snuck home and hung out with him. Then we went to court and everything was said about me at court was all, I was a bad person. You was a drunk. It was you, it was you. And at that point I was like, no, I'm not doing this. And once I get out of it, I promise God, I will go back and help every other woman that don't know any better. The treatment that I received when I was in child welfare was, I felt like I was the victim of the abusive relationship. However, um, when the child welfare got involved and they took my kids and they took my kids because they said, if you can't protect yourself, then you cannot protect your children. And so I really looked at how my life really affect my children. And so I had to inspire other women, other people overall to make changes within you. So you don't go and pick those unhealthy relationships. Because being loved and being treated with respect is enlightening, it's empowering, it's helpful, it's wonderful, it's warm and fuzzy. And I can name it so many different things that happens when you are actually really loved by a person. And so I was just inspired to go back and help other people. And um, the hardest thing for me with inspiring people was to learn how to run a business. Because when I first started inspiring, it was 2001. And um, uh, um, I wanted to let other people know that there was another way. So I used to do these big events that I call extravaganzas. And the extravaganzas was I bring all of these women in a room and I would inspire them to make changes by sharing my story. And I did this alone for a lot of years. Um, and then I met, of course, Adrian, and I asked her, would she come and partner with me? And then Adrian came and was a part of my speakers for, um, for my extravaganza. And then we started partnering that way and I would bring her in with those extravaganzas. But for the most part, I would go hustle clothes from social workers. I would buy all of these different things. I would do the pedicures for the women. I would do their massages and their hair because I wanted to inspire change to these women because I didn't feel pretty. I felt very ugly. I couldn't read, I couldn't spell. So all of these things that I needed, I provided for the women. And this started like 2001. So um, the hardest part, as I want to say, is learning how to be a business person. So all of these years doing extravaganzas and running a house, I knew that it was important that I needed to have a business. And it's been my vision from day one. I always and still feel and now it's it's morphing into something different, but it's the same. I have to have a shelter because my need was they couldn't accommodate me with all my children. However, now I, I still want a shelter, but this time it's going to be an Ashley safe house because of our fallen butterfly. So it's still the same, but different. 
And um, so I started bringing these women in and I started off with uh, the trunk of my car. Then I went to the neighborhood impact houses and then I moved to this really, really small biz, uh, building. And it started off as support groups because I always know you start off small, you solidify and then you grow. So I started off inspiring women in our DV groups only. And then I began to gradually uh, compile a lot of different supportive services. And, and, and take in mind, everything that I have provided in all of the services that Two Lifestyles offer is what I needed. And I strategically wrote those things down and I visualized what it is that I need to do to meet the needs of these women. And so that shelter is really necessary for me to have when working with women. So now I'm at a place where I'm learning how to be a CEO. And what I find to be the truth is there's a lot of people in Antelope Valley in their little corners getting their businesses up and moving forward. It's not a lot of help for entrepreneurs to, to teach them how to run a business, to teach them do's or don't. I have staff members. I mean, it's a lot of work, especially when you don't have a budget. I, I talked about what inspired me. What inspired me was a need that I had. I had a need and no one could, could support me with that. So I wanted to make that change. Uh, the hardest part is learning how to be a CEO. Um, and the advice that I would give myself again would be to work uh, harder and smarter. One thing about sexual abuse and me being a business owner is women are treated different as a CEO than men are. And, and that's unhealthy, but it's reality. And so trying to get myself to a place where um, and who I look at as a business is Tarzana Treatment Center. And let me tell you why. 21 years ago, I went into Tarzana Treatment Center needing help and support. There was one small building Tarzana Treatment Center had. And that one small building in the Antelope Valley is now like seven to eight buildings. It's like four on the premises, it's two down the street, and then there's one in Palmdale. And so when I look at that transition in 20 years, and I look at Albert Stanella, I mean, he's amazing. And his whole thing was um, just to give back. And I believe wholeheartedly he still have that desire to give back. And I watch his nonprofit grow because my head says it's nonprofit. You're never going to make any money. It's all about giving. And it's like I can't really help people if I'm always struggling to make ends meet. So I'm learning to get myself to a healthier place where I can pay myself to do what I love to do because I will sit here in this beautiful box and just make it work and it's like at what point do you get in your life where you have to begin to think about yourself thank you so much you guys have a wonderful day we thank you so much for joining in and we'll see you next tuesday i'm latoya conway hampton and i'm your host